I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Personal Best Podcast with me, Ruby Lola. My guest today is Finn Hampton. He is a running coach who's run over 100 marathons at 24 years old. In this conversation, we discuss why Finn ran 100 marathons in 18 months, the highs and lows of running consecutive marathons, why reaching your fitness goals won't change your life, the phenomenon of gold medal depression, dealing with grief, and how to find the magic within you. I really enjoyed this conversation with Finn. He's got a really unique perspective on what it means to be fit and healthy. And obviously in this podcast, we talk a lot about doing hard things and pushing yourself and embarking on these crazy challenges. But it was so great to speak with someone who's done all of that and has a lot of lessons to share. And they're probably not the lessons you would think. So I really hope you enjoy this conversation and let's get on with the episode. Finn, welcome to the Personal Best Podcast. Thank you so much, Ruby. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing real good. Yeah, yeah. yeah feeling feeling good. Excited to be here. Um, yeah, this kind of stuff's a massive privilege. So Aww. yeah, thank you. I saw you on a very wet and cold run yesterday. Yeah. Have you recovered? I have recovered. I didn't <laughs> stop shaking for like four hours. I <laughs> I drove down from Cornwall. Yeah. So it was like a five hour drive and I got in at like ten o'clock and I was like, I'm gonna go do a marathon because this uh this part of the river Q where I was staying is where I used to run a lot of marathons. I was like, it'll be nostalgic. And then oh my god, within two minutes I was in bits it was so wet so mm-hmm. cold i had a t-shirt on and i was like the t-shirt's gotta go i made it 13 miles and i came back home it i was, think that's yeah. still a very good achievement <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know but i put myself out there all the time and whenever i don't do a marathon people are like do you actually do these I'm yeah like, i promise i do most of the time <laughs> it was it was tough but uh i recovered i'm warm yeah, amazing I'm, I'm happy. okay so let's jump into all of that running stuff then. But first, can you just give me a little personal intro for everyone listening? Where are you from? What do you do? All of that stuff. 
Yeah, so I am from Southampton originally, down on the South Coast, and uh, I'm a run coach, but that hasn't always been the case. And, mm. you know, just like you or anyone else listening, it's constant, you know, reinvention and, and journeys that we're going on. So for now, I'm a run coach. In terms of who I am, biggest questionable. So I'm not sure who I am, but I'm from Southampton. I think that's that's good enough. And you run. And I run, yeah. I mean, yeah, what I do, I guess, or what I did. It's, it's so difficult you talk about it because this is now and, mm. and everything else is in the past. But yeah, I did do 100 marathons before I turned, uh, well, as I turned 24. Yeah. And uh, that was, I guess, the achievement that kind of kick-started my, my career away from anything corporate or anything else that I was probably going down. Um, So interesting. Yeah. So that's sort of why I wanted to get you on the podcast because I've had a few runners on already Mm -hmm. and they've all been amazing. I love hearing about people's journeys and I think it's really resonated with audiences as well. But I think you personally have a lot of great advice to share, um, which I hope people will find interesting. So you ran 100 marathons at 24 years old yeah why <laughs> again you know when I when I sit in these rooms and I think about it it's so difficult because you know like when you try and retell a story or something that happened you'll never get close to mm-hmm. actually how it happened and there was never a moment where I sat down and thought you know what when I hit 24 I better have had 100 marathons under my belt so it definitely didn't go that way um but really what I, I was feeling at the time at the age of like 21, 22. I, I see it with you in this podcast. You're, you're probably wanting something a little bit deeper, something a bit more real. And uh, I very much was on that kind of plane. And I had this overwhelming sense of mortality. We're going to die one day. I know I'm going to get to my deathbed and wish I did more. And I think that people see the 100 marathons People don't know. This is a, probably a first. I've made about a thousand origami cranes. You know, like <laughs> the, the birds with paper. I've done that as well. Why not? And I think <laughs> the, the 100 marathons was this creative. It wasn't physical. Maybe that's something we'll touch on later on. But mm. it was a very creative expression of, I want to just be able to say, I, I kind of, I went all in and I engaged. And it kind of showed in that 100 marathons at 24. But it's just part of the story, I guess. And um, I guess for now, that's my why. Right. So to everyone listening, I mean, that is just insane. I think if my maths is right, that's like... What was it? No, one and a half a week. One and a half Wait. a week. Yeah, around that, a week. Yeah, yeah. So I, I pretty much did them all in 18 months. So with, I, don't yeah, know, I, don't know, I don't know what it was. Um, again, I, you know, I, in the moment, I wasn't obsessed with the figures. And actually, that's one thing that since... I know I have to make a living and I have to try and forge a career. So I have to market it to some degree. And when I do that, numbers get spouted. It's like every reel. I did 100 marathons by the time I was 24. Mm. That's not how I live it. And I don't really think about the numbers and the stats. And I think technically I'm, there may be four more people in the world that did it younger than me. And I'm in the top five. Mm. But that's not how I live. Um, but it was a lot. And a lot of them were in challenges and running them back to back for three weeks at a time and and stuff like that. So So was there a point you thought, I'm going to try and get to that 100 marathons or were you just ticking the marathons off as you went and seeing what was going to happen really? Just ticking them off and and really not counting. I never thought about it being, this is my 84th marathon. The only time that I did was when 
I went on a night out. This is back in the days where I used to drink a lot in London. Yeah. And I was on a night out with a couple of friends, uh, a few friends. And I had to pay back marathons to some people. 22 people ran a marathon or walked a marathon on this day. And I was like, let's do it, gang. And I said, if you do it, then I'll run a marathon for you. And it just so happened that I was on like my 78th marathon, if we did the math, hmm. 22 people. And I was like, oh, that takes me to 100. If I just did all 22 of them back to back, that gets me to 100. Um, and I was on a yeah, night out with my friends. We were all drunk at the ship in Wandsworth. Yeah. The most like uninspiring place of all time. <laughs> yeah, this amazing you know idea came out and uh, I went home that day, very hungover. And the next day, that was marathon one of the 22 and I ran them back to back. And, and that's how it happened. It, it wasn't this kind of calculated, um, marketed event. No companies got on board. You know, no one came out to run with me, but it was yeah. a real good adventure. Yeah, and, and as you're describing it there, it doesn't particularly sound like it was difficult but in an Instagram post you made about it you said the amount of times I didn't think it was possible through the pain lack of sleep doubts I had to challenge myself I had to become deluded I made so many mistakes along the way but we did it 100 marathons in just over 18 months <laughs> give me like the highs and the lows because I'm sure for everyone listening they're going to be very curious about mm -hmm. what that was like yeah, even like, it's so weird when someone else throws back your, your words. I'm like, did I say that? Jeez. And maybe I would explain that differently now. Mm. Uh, you know, the time has moved on. And when I wrote that, I remember when I wrote that, that was the final post, I believe. Yeah. With all the balloons. Yeah. That I bought for myself, which is so sad. <laughs> but I, I think at the time I was, obviously it was so raw and there were definitely highs and there were lows. Physically, there were moments where my body had to adapt and I had to run through a lot of pain because I didn't live like an athlete. I was eating takeaway twice a day, drinking beer and going out and running a marathon and then rinse and repeat. So physically, I didn't set myself up for success and you know, it was a given, it was tough sometimes. But what I did find towards the end, uh, especially towards the back end of the 100 marathons, it was just pure enjoyment. And I think that what I was doing at the start of the, the challenge of running marathons back to back was really buying into the grit, really buying into the pain and the suffering, not just physically, but also I had to change myself as a person. And it's really painful. I mean, you probably experience this when you do this podcast. People go, oh, that's not the Ruby that I know. Mm. And then you like, you, you hear it and you know that people are saying it. And then you have to deal with that on top of the fact that you've got to get yourself up around a marathon and there's no one there to get you water. So all of those things, I think, culminated with that post and, and what, I, what I mentioned there in, there in that post. And it was the most incredible journey of what our bodies are able to kind of conquer. However, now I guess I've changed myself. I, I view it more as when you express yourself creatively, not physically. And that's something that I've been really consumed with of late. And it's when we try and rid ourselves of viewing it as me against the world. And actually it's just me, this moment, let's see what happens. Mm. That's when I was felt like I was really living it. That's really interesting. I think it's the idea of being present, isn't it? Rather mm -hmm. than, you know, the the pot of joy being at the end of, yeah. of the challenge. It's like, I'm just gonna enjoy the journey. And you know, it's about the journey and not the destination. That is something I really want to dig into because again, to quote you 
back to you. You said, at the end of the 100th marathon, I quickly realized that it didn't hold any magic. Mm -hmm. Not to say you shouldn't set running goals, but be careful with the expectations you place on getting to the finish line. You will wake up the next day and the golden chariot won't be there waiting for you. This is what makes the adventure that life is. Yes. That is so interesting. I would just love if you could expand on, <laughs> on exactly that. I absolutely can. Um, what you've just said there is like, I feel like it's my life's mission to get that out to as many people as possible. I think the given would be for me to say, come on, run a marathon. It's going to be the best at the end. And come on, why have you only done 10? Let's do 100. Let's mm. do 150. But that's not how I, I see it. Because I lived many years thinking that this moment, the you know, being present was something that we had to earn or we had to get into almost like imagine yourself running and then there's a train go alongside you and you've almost got to like tee it up and you can just jump into the door at the perfect moment and that's it, you're in the moment. And I ran a lot of marathons thinking that, that it was the marathon that made me feel in the moment. And then I had this massive realization towards the end of the 100th marathon journey. And mm. that was, we're actually always, we're always in the moment whether we like it or not, whether you feel sad, whether you feel um, angry, whether you're elated, you can't avoid it. You, you are in the moment. And when you are living like that, there's no consequence. Yeah. And that's where it comes with the no magic at the end of the marathon. It's when you're just engaged, it's just what, what a feeling. If people say you're in the zone, but no one hands out a pot of gold to you. You're just living it. You feel free. You can flourish. And, and I think that when I got to that 100th marathon, I was I was almost broken mentally because I thought this is where I held all my expectation. But it, I you know, quickly realized oh, I got it all wrong. Mm. I was going and running these marathons to get in the moment. I already was in it. And whatever magic I was looking for, it was in me. It wasn't out there. And if you go run a marathon because you think it's going to change your life, it, it's, it's not going to change anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, that's quite a harsh truth. But I think a lot of people probably need to hear that because we've all been guilty of it at some point in our lives that we've set this big lofty goal. And then when we've got there, we don't feel the sense of achievement um, or the satisfaction that we thought we were going to achieve. Yeah. And it might not be running a marathon. It might be something else. But I think it's really important. And I love that idea that like the magic is is already within you. It's not yeah. it's not at the finish line. And after that, I guess, epiphany, how has that then shaped decisions you've made moving forward with your fitness goals or just general life goals? Yeah, it's made, it's changed me massively. So I used to, I was the first person to be like, what, you're not getting up at 5am? 5am <laughs> club, like. What are you doing? <laughs> and now I'm like the laziest person ever. I have so many lions or, you know, I, I do tick over and I do still run marathons because I do, I do love it. I do it for a very different reason now. Um, and, but what it's, it's changed everything in the sense that you've got to be careful as to why you lean into something mm. because I went all the way. I'm so fortunate that by 24, I did something that people, not, not the marathons, but that exploration. Some people don't, they live their whole life and never question, ah, but where, where was the gold? And that makes me really, really sad because yeah. at 24, I did this big challenge once in a lifetime and within a probably two minutes I was on the down the downhill already and life was back to normal I'm lucky in a sense that I I got that because of the implications which I'll, I'll explain in a minute that it's, it's done in my life but 
um, I'm kind of, I felt unlucky at the time. Oh my God, like I just did a hundred marathons and like, even I don't care about it. No one cares about it. <laughs> there's, there's, I'm living a normal life. I've got to find a job now. Um, so what it's done since is I just don't view anything as separate to anything. Mm. When I'm doing the dishes, I love it. I didn't used to like doing the dishes. Mm. Or when I'm just hanging out with a friend, it's like I could just be doing a marathon right now. It isn't me doing a marathon, me, my friend. It, again, it comes back to that. It's just in this moment now. And I, I think that people like the idea of this escapism that you have a fitness goal. And if you get it, you 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 win. You, you get something out of it. And what if you could have that every minute of the day with every action that you do? Because it's all just an action towards, you know, you're working towards a goal. And now my life is definitely more colorful. It isn't just fin the marathon, man, because take it or leave it now. I guess what you're what you're also speaking about is this like gold medal syndrome, yeah. um, which obviously a lot of athletes face. And I was doing a bit of reading about it. And uh, Michael Phelps is a brilliant example of that. I mean, he's the most decorated American Olympian, I'm pretty sure. And um he spoke about after he won six gold medals, two bronze medals at the Athens Olympics in 2004, that he had this like post-Olympic depression. Yeah. And he said that, you know, you work so hard for those four years, you get to that point. And then he said, you're at the top of the mountain and you're like, what the hell am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? And he even said, who am I? And he's then been very open about his his journey through anxiety and, and depression. And I guess the key message in that is that your identity isn't your achievements. You know, yeah. he said, I had to realize I'm not a swimmer, I'm a human being. Yeah. And it's like, life is so much richer than just these, like you say, the, fit, the fitness things. Yeah, like, so like what happens when you know, inevitably someone runs 101 marathons by age of 24 and they pit me off my post. Does that just make me less important <laughs> as a human being? Like, no, you're, you're, everyone is awesome and full of the magic. And if you pin your identity to something that you've done, there's no strong foundation there. And I, I heard something of day that just made me mind blown. It's like, if I said to you, Ruby, can you just explain who you are without referring to the past? And it just like stumps you. Yeah. What are you? And I think that if we even could... answering that without saying what you do as well, <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. uh, my name's Ruby. <laughs> yeah, I know. and it's like, are you Ruby though? Because like, <laughs> we, we just we are the I am, and then put a full stop there. It's just the I am, and mm. yeah, I mean that's why now I am really interested and I'm psyched. And I had a buddy come over from Australia. He was the guy that I ran loads of marathons with at the start, Sam, and. um I haven't seen him for a long, long time. And we both just kind of haven't spoken so much. We got together and we were just like, yeah, now we're just excited about who's like the most peaceful person. Like that really like turns me on now. It's not like churning out marathons and going and doing 50 back to back. That that doesn't yield anything. It's not new space. Mm. It's, it's, it's not expansive enough. But when you look at someone who's just content yeah. and peaceful, for me now that's 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 the journey and um yeah. yeah we're getting started so how's your training changed do you are you still running these long distances I mean you said at the beginning how you tried <laughs> to do the marathon yesterday yeah so th there is a massive lack of of training at the moment I mean the last the last two years I've ran 
I've probably ran less miles than one year combined when I was top of my game. Yeah. Uh, because I was running so much. So at the moment, I, I take over. I run maybe four days a week and uh, I don't do targeted sessions. I still can go and I'm so fortunate because of what I've done in the past. I'm able to go and go do an ultra marathon at the drop of a hat or, or any kind of distance. So I still on a random day will go do a spontaneous half marathon, marathon, ultra marathon. But I'm very much invested in, in you know, being a coach now, uh, trying to be a good person. And it's not that the days are gone. I'm sure there's another running challenge in me, but I've really had to kind of withdraw from that because I felt like I was in a very unhealthy cycle. In the, in the space of a year, in the space of the year, I did five marathons in five days, two times, seven marathons in seven days, 18 marathons in 18 days, 22 marathons in 23 days. I ran a hundred miler, a 90 miler. I ran around the Isle of Wight. It's insane. And it was just this like incessant, oh, the next one, the next one, the next one's going to be the one. And then getting all these like, signs from the universe like a slap around the face like nope yeah you're getting further away you're getting further away from that life that you want to live which is you just want to be peaceful happy and deeply engaged mm. and I think until I really work on that relationship with with running I'm happy just kind of being out on the sidelines mm. because yeah it's, it's not like I was never in a dark place or anything like that but it's just a dangerous way to live because it's like and then what like cool you you did a hundred miles and then what like yeah, yeah. That's really, really, it's a really interesting insight, I think. And the way you're describing it, that almost sounds like, you know, it was an addiction, like yeah. like a drug. It was like, what's next? What's next? Like, 100%. I need a harder hit. And then it's like, maybe you don't need any of that. Maybe you just need to find more enjoyment with what you're doing. And something I wanted to touch on, just, just relating back to what we're talking about, is this idea of extrinsic versus intrinsic motivation and this is my <laughs> this is my GCSE PE knowledge coming through let's go um so obviously like with extrinsic motivation that comes from outside yourself um to earn a reward or to like gain status like you need that encouragement from the crowd I guess yeah. whereas with intrinsic motivation it's that internal satisfaction it's that sense of achievement or pride with yourself yeah. and and with that I wanted to ask where did or where does your motivation come from? Because I know when you made some posts about finishing this 100 marathon challenge that it was you and a couple of mates and yeah. you bought these balloons. And I wondered if there was like a massive crowd waiting at the finish line, do you think you would have felt any differently? No, I mean, it's a really good question. Mm. Big up GCSE PE. <laughs> um, Thanks, Mr. Powell. <laughs> I... No, it wouldn't have been any different because, you know, it's, it's so, for me, life is so intrinsic. Mm. I, I really, I think I'm very fortunate. I think from a young age, I got really curious with all these types of things. I think when I was maybe 15, I, I stopped studying in the conventional way. You know, you're meant to do your TCSEs. And I really was like deep, <laughs> probably too deep. And yeah. probably I was confusing for a lot of people. Yeah. So for a long time, I, I have known that, anything just out there isn't going to change too much but that being said I was still doesn't mean I was perfect mm. I mean I ran 100 marathons thinking that it would so having the two friends there compared to having a whole crowd I I don't think it changes anything no I, okay because of 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Your your worth can't be based on what yeah. other people think of you. And, yeah. and you know, if you, you could put a hundred people there clapping, but I think you can have all the applause in the world, but be super not happy inside. Insecure, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that day was brilliant, though. So I had two, yeah, two friends. I bought I bought the damn balloons myself. Embarrassing. And then my friend let them all off into the sky. <laughs> so we had nothing in the end. But um, it was just an amazing kind of almost like metaphor for life. You know, I hit that 100th marathon. I actually finished the run a mile before I saw them. Uh, I just kind of got the distance wrong. And I had to mesh them and say, I'm done now, guys. <laughs> and then they like traipsed down in the rain, like oh, big hooded up oh. coats. And they came and supported. And uh, I, I love, I mean, that that day changed my life for the better. Because it was like, this could be bigged up, egged up. But, you know, there's a lot of beauty in ordinary things. And uh, that's a quote from the yeah. US, US office. But, uh, but <laughs> and, and, and it felt so ordinary and I think now like things just start, don't seem so hard anymore it's, mm. life's easy but I think that says a lot about you as a person I guess and uh, I think it's really interesting now that a lot of people are sharing their fitness journeys on social media because I often think to myself you know how much of you going on this run is for content or because <laughs> you actually want to go on the run. I'm so glad you brought that up because I, I spend, because technically I guess you could say that I content create. Yeah. I content creates about three people, but <laughs> I I have to do that um, for, for part of my job. And I think about this all the time. I am just so grateful that I managed to kind of sneak in just before this has really blown up, especially running on, on Instagrams, like massive. But I felt like I was a bit of a geek when I was doing a lot of the 100 marathons. And, and it was it was not sexy. It was not cool back then. And this yeah. is a real short space of time. I feel very grateful that I almost didn't have the option back then to think I'm doing it for the content. I mean, like no one was seeing it. Like mm. literally no one. Um, and and now, again, like yeah, people have to be super careful because if, if you do something for content and what it might do for your Instagram page, I mean, there's an amazing, amazing poem called The Man in the Glass. And, uh, you know, it's this idea that you can only really settle and and be easy when the man in the glass is your friend. You know, you you don't need to fool the whole world and live this life of being fake. And Mm. I would I would hate for anyone to feel like they need to do that to jump on trends, anything like that. So I think about it all the time. And you mentioned the extrinsic intrinsic. Yeah. Go intrinsic. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, it can, I, there are positive sides. Like, f- social media has influenced my running journey along Absolutely. with these conversations that I've had on the podcast, and I'm I'm grateful for that because you know I'm I'm really enjoying the training and stuff. But yeah, I do think you have to be cautious when playing this content creation game sometimes, yeah. and just think, is this for me or is this for my followers? And uh, something you said there as well is that you know running used to be seen I guess as a bit of like a nerdy solo sport like your dad would go out in like his running gear and stuff I I got pied off in in so many London clubs for running really absolutely the amount of people that would be like Mm. you probably want to get up at five in the morning and run and now I'm like yeah you go to that run club but I mean it's absolutely amazing I I love it it's it's the Mm. best thing but it's so funny. I feel this like visceral change, especially over the last like two Massively. years. Massively. I, mean, I think it's amazing. I just love this like idea that I felt like that little nerdy dad with the little high shorts. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what it does show is we're moving with the times and, and what was once very physical, like it's all about how you look. Hopefully we're starting to really work towards how we feel, not yeah. how we look. And I think that's why running is it's super popular and I totally get that. Definitely. So I hope it doesn't come across like I'm, I'm like bitter or anything like that. It's, it's, it's amazing. But oh, yeah, I used to get pied off lows for being like a runner. Yeah, and so, something that tied into that, which I know you've made content around is um, the drinking alcohol. Yeah. And um, you said that during this um, marathon season, you were drinking beers after, after running marathons to make yourself seem less cringe or yeah. for people to think that, He's still one of us. And sorry, to me, that was really interesting because, yeah, like going out to the pub and drinking loads of beers and then doing a marathon the next day is not optimal by any means. Like, did you feel a pressure to to be seen as someone who could do both? Yeah, I think I was probably just nursing some old wounds. I mean, I've done a lot of work away from running in the last few years which has been really helpful, but I would have been just a lot more insecure back then than I am now. And and all of this stuff, I'm sure so much of it was just happening in my own head. And, you know, no one, no mm. one's out there being mean to me. Um, but I still dreamt this all up and, and absolutely kind of almost embodied this martyr or, <laughs> you know, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to booze. So none of you can say that, you know, I'm not at the pub, that yeah. I've changed, that it's not cringe. And yeah, I, I got drunk. I ran marathon back to back for like three weeks, and like at least twelve of those nights, I was, I was like proper drunk. Mm. Um, that's after running one, and then running one the next day. And it, I think insecurity definitely played a massive part in that. I mean, if you just even speaking about it, I'm like, God, that guy's insecure. Mm. I'm almost talking about him. I don't feel like him now. Yeah, He's a different person. Sure. But, um, yeah, I mean, I did some stupid stuff. And, and then on the marathon itself, I mean, any, go run a marathon hungover. It's a horrible experience. I don't want to try. <laughs> you should really do it. <laughs> I know um, people have probably heard this quote from Chris Williamson that drinking is the only drug where if you don't do it, people assume you have a problem. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, will probably resonate with a lot of people who've tried to go sober or have yeah. just taken periods of drinking. Like, I've just done dry jan. I mean cut it short slightly Uh, friends bottomless brunch anyway um but I I learned a lot from that because I went on like a sober day and I you know would didn't drink where I normally would and I felt great in terms of like my physical health and I guess off the back of that how has your 
relationship with drinking changed, if it has? And more widely, how do you think society's attitude is changing? Yeah. So I was, I still have a big little devil on the shoulder. As soon as people are drinking, I, I'm not perfect. The reaction is to grab, grab a beer mm-hmm. or two. Luckily, to be fair, this is really, I'm going to nuance this and it's Go a different story, it. but I had a very big light bulb moment. My life changed in April 2022, so nearly nearly two years ago, when I had this one hangover that just like, it really messed with me. Mm. And I then missed the majority of my friend's birthday party that night. I got there at like nine o'clock. And I, as I was going in, a couple of friends were coming out. I remember thinking, oh my God, it's because like, I'm so hungover. I've only just been able to kind of get out. And they've gone. So they've like they've had this whole day at Mercato, um, if anyone knows that, Elephant and Castle. And uh, and I've like just missed it. And it really like rocked me. I was like, I, I, that's just because I drank. Let's mm-hmm. put this poison in my body. And after that, I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to make a conscious change here and, and try and just never get drunk. So I'd only have a couple of drinks. And I've pretty much stuck to that for the last two years. There's probably been like maybe three, four times where yeah. I've got drunk. So I'm definitely on the, the downward. Like I'm doing, okay, or the downward or the uphill. I'm, yeah. I'm doing a lot better. I used to do it like three times a week. So three, four times in two years, I'll take. Um, and I mean, another huge thing that was, was life changing is one of the guys that was coming out, my friend Matt, he died like a month later. And I feel I had this like massive again, like, yes, life is long, but it also is so short. Mm. and like, how do you want to spend it yeah and it came back to at the start of this chat I said you know I ran 100 marathons because I know that I'm gonna be on my deathbed whenever that is and just wish that I made more out of life and I think that with alcohol people are just waking up to like it holds you back mm. nothing good comes from alcohol um and I think that's generally what that's the route we're going down there's loads of like alcohol free brands and little mm. pop-ups now so like it's changing yeah but if you go into a pub on a Friday night in the middle of the action, there's still a lot of peer pressure. Yeah. No, I think I think you're absolutely right. And after doing this um, few weeks of, of being sober, I've kind of been questioning what's my relationship like with alcohol because I have never been a, a big drinker. I mean, I had a pretty heavy ski season, um, but that's fine. Apart from that, it's never been a huge part of my life. And I think... My, I guess, answer to getting drunk is you've got to have something that matters more to you than going and getting pissed with your mates or being hungover. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, if I have a podcast recording, I'm I'm not going to be hungover for that because it matters a lot more to me than the night out. That's not to say you can't have a night out and I think alcohol massively... Um, can in, in, enhance those a, those yeah, environments, drug, right? which is fine. But yeah, I think that's that's kind of my solution now. That's really cool. My training matters more. This podcast matters more. Yeah, and and look how it's doing. You said that um, you know you feel feel healthy. Yeah, that's... I haven't been ill for a while. Hey. I think that's because I was constantly getting colds, and then haven't touched wood had anything for a while and I think that might be a cause yeah. I don't Not know getting Ill, you're glowing <laughs> God, you got all the secrets tell me tell me <laughs> just to go off on a bit of a, a deep tangent you mentioned about your friend Matt yeah and I know that you've shared openly about about losing your friend and also 
family members being ill. And I just wondered how those things have, I guess, shaped your mindset, like your outlook on, on life. And yeah. I think I think it's interesting. Yeah, I actually think, you know, when it comes to the, the running, the running was of great catharsis for those types of periods in life where you're always going to get challenged. And unfortunately, we, we don't live like a Hollywood movie. And, you know, the moment that the film ends, I love like watching films and stuff and you don't get to see the next day or mm. the day after that, right? And, um, and we're, we're living in it. So things don't always go your way. And yeah, I think that I've always used running as a good vessel just to really kind of like be at one with myself <laughs> so that's kind of how it started but when I mean I've two of my my school friends one of my best mates they're, they're not with us anymore they, they died and it's like oh my god can you imagine that if you went back when we were 16 and we sat around and we're like right you're not gonna be here anymore mm. when you get to you know 23 or 25 and it's like it's shocking but and, it, and it's a big but it, it's no days guaranteed like as I talk to you yeah you're just 400 trillion to one chance that you're here that's that's what you are you're an amazing stroke of luck as am i as is everyone else and and you don't need 80 years to live a good life i think you know both matt and harrison um yeah any family members i won't name drop them they'll be like you little creep <laughs> um but you know you don't need all that time you just need to engage in this moment now and and when you really do that your relationships with these people get so strong and I, I was super emotional and upset uh in these dark periods but there is just something so beautiful about knowing that you just you got each other and mm. it's not here anymore but it always remains you got, you got your physical self but there's always that spiritual side that, yeah. that, that lingers on so yeah, yeah it's, it's been an, um, a weird journey I've actually never spoken about it so mm. this is this is me just testing the wars no no I, I I relate so much I think it's this idea of like you know, moving forward with, with the knowledge that not every day is guaranteed. And and we never think about it because the idea of, of, of thinking that this is all going to end one day is, is frightening, right? Have, but um, have, you, have you spoken about your, your dad? I've mentioned it on the podcast before, yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess, I guess for me, that, was, that was my first personal loss that I've experienced. Mm -hmm. And I do think since then the trajectory of my... Um, life has changed slightly because I just now have this attitude of just make shit happen yeah. like you know whereas I think before I would have put off a lot of things because I was scared or I didn't think I had time I'm just like I'm just gonna do it just yeah. do it because I want to get to the end and think I did stuff with yeah. my life for sure and then there's just such there's such peace I I could, I could go tomorrow and I'd be the happiest man Mm. And, and to get to that I mean what it's taken to get to that level is you know people could point to you ran like 130 marathons and you know okay great physical adventure but actually it's a lot of sitting in a room idle mm. and just sitting with your thoughts mm. and, and and asking yourself what is maybe the first or second biggest question of life and what is a life well lived and and really asking yourself that and then like you just mentioned instead of stalling, go and get it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think just to bring it back to training, obviously, with this idea, training is a is a privilege. And I think changing your I have to into I get to is really important as well. If you can take some of, I guess, some of the stuff that we're talking about and put it into your training, 
like the, the people that I've coached, I've coached plenty of runners and, and when, when they do that, their results and the outcomes of, you know, whether it's three months with me or two years with me, life-changing. Just yeah. like I went from being the most like bog standard runner to, I mean, I could just do a marathon for fun. Like if you went back to 20 year old me and said that, I would just, I would <laughs> laugh you out the door. So yes, there is always gonna be an element of you need a training method and, and you need structure and you need grit and you need determination. But mm. I think, and I've, I'm, I'm way more obsessed with, with this conversation that we're having. I think that this is the, the foundations of, of how to build a purposeful, results-driven training program. Yeah, well, you can have a healthy body, but you might not have a healthy mindset. And I think this is why these types of conversations are so important because I get to actually dig into the brains of of these people who've achieved incredible uh, fitness challenges or, um, I don't know, just feats that I'd never even think to try. Yeah, no, for sure. And if I can give anything, it's like my understanding of health pre running 100 marathons in a short space of time, very young. I thought health was six-pack, definitely. Mm. Definitely six-pack. Getting to bed on time, doing your 5 a.m. wake up, eating your greens, all of these things, not dying too young, especially not dying too young. I was I was really bound to that. Um, and then now, I mean, let's take, you know, either Harrison or Matt who who died really young they were the healthiest people going because yeah. they were just living their best authentic selves. And all my friends would look around and go, yeah, they, they just did them. And we're all here living a, a facade. Mm. And for me, health now is, is deep dimensions yeah. of living. And, yeah. and there's just unending space and potential. It's, it's nothing to do with the six pack. And I think if you can, you know, couple that with your training, then, you know, you're, you're onto an absolute yeah. winner. Just to to wrap all that up with a a beautiful quote you said about your friend that he didn't get the time we think we all have. And it stuck with me and I've shared it with so many people because I think we forget that not every day is guaranteed, as I've said. And I think... It, it, sometimes it takes the the worst things in life to happen as in losing loved ones for you to realise that. I know, and, and I think that... I've, my life feels so serendipitous hmm. because like, all these things have happened, but I, I somehow got in there before. So it didn't take anything too catastrophic for me to run 100 marathons or just get on the running train, hold up my phone and knew me on Instagram. Yeah, It was very actually kind of like juvenile, naive. But what I was preaching, I would soon find out I'd be living you know mm. life's too short you know Harrison died and then Matt died and and it's this weird thing about I felt weirdly prepared because interesting I somehow I don't know it, it, it was like I got in there before and I obviously it's the most horrific thing in the world but mm. yeah like if anyone's listening to this just uh yeah go all in yeah well that, that's why sharing those things is so important because someone might not have arrived at that point yeah. but but you did and you're able to share those lessons and share those pieces of advice which is which is nothing short of wonderful um just to quickly go back to what you mentioned earlier obviously you're coaching other people through their running journeys why did you decide to do that and and how's that all going for you yeah I I absolutely love coaching because it's not as though I feel like I'm finished I'm the finished article I can go help other people because I'm I'm retired like there's still life in the in the the young old boy, but 
it it felt like a, a a natural progression and i'd always like coached on the side when i was doing my own stuff loads of people messaged me doing their own things and i just wasn't ever brave enough to go all in shock this is a theme of my life <laughs> too insecure <laughs> not brave enough until the moment comes and uh, i kind of put coaching off for a little while and um it's just the best job in the world i get mm. to I, I literally i feel like i coach a bunch of people that I just like see myself and them and hopefully they see myself and me and we're just a great community. And it's like, I could have either have been a physiotherapist, which is what I studied at uni. Mm -hmm. um, or I could have worked in the city, which I did for a year. And I am so thankful that this is my life. And, and and I know that, you know, it might change. And it's, it's and, I, and I, I love the fact that it might change. It's like the, yeah. the, the not knowing is a, is a wonderful thing mm. about life. It must be very rewarding, though, to work with people who perhaps have had to overcome some limiting beliefs and then they're suddenly running distances or times that they didn't think they could do. Yeah, for sure. And I'm not, you know, I'm not like uh, so fixating on the running. And I know that running, you know, makes up maybe 1%, 2% of people's lives if you break down the hours. So mm -hmm. it's such like a tiny part. But that's like a really awesome place to start because I remember always saying to people, because you almost, if you set up an Instagram page, you know, especially, you know, your podcast page, it's like, oh, it's, it's Ruby Lola. She's the, the, the girl with the podcast. You're like, yeah, we, we, we came in before this. And I said, oh, how much time does it take up? And you're almost like, yeah, like I kind of block it in when, as and when. Mm. And you realize oh, you're not the podcast. It's not your whole There's identity. There's so much more to you. And I think that's the nice thing about running is if you can kind of get a few things in your life that really mm. fire you up and stay on that wave, just watch the rest of your life. And, yeah. And every minute of your day, just feel gratitude and and just peace. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. And that that's what running is for a lot of people is it brings so much more than just putting on your trainers yeah. and, and plodding around a park. <laughs> just to round this up with my final question, which I ask everybody, yeah. is if you had to give a piece of advice, quote or mantra to help people achieve their personal best, what would it be? I've actually listened to a lot of your <laughs> your guests answer this and, and they're all amazing. I know, yeah. I, I need that. to make it like a quote book yeah, at some 100%. point. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. I was like, how do I follow up with that? And uh, I really try and not interfere. I, I didn't want to know the questions you asked, but I knew this one was going to come. And um, I think it's amazing when people share their own experiences. Like, It's actually quite tough to talk through what you, what you yeah. believe in, yeah. what you think is right, with like no hidden agenda. And uh, I kind of thought about that question a lot. And I would say just from my experience and at least what I think is right now, it might change, is don't worry about it. Mm. The moment that I thought 25 marathons was my best, I hit 50. And when I thought I'll get to 75, I got 100. And like nothing's changed. I'm physically better than ever. If I pose a question to people go out there and find your best the moment that you go into the room and you come back with something you think is your best I'll say nah you're further away from it we're on a never-ending journey exploration and being okay with never getting there is just your superpower mm. so <clears throat> have an understanding that absolutely we work towards goals we work super hard enjoy life but the moment you think you know your best it's not your best. It's a limitation to get there. And just keep that in mind. 
and just have fun. That's really interesting. And that's a nice reframe, actually, that we don't really know what the best version of ourselves look like because there's not a final destination. It's not the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. It's the the journey to get there and, and all the things that you do along the way and all the things you learn and the different the different paths you go down. Yeah. I really like that. And then just, as I said to you before we came on air, and if you just deeply engage in every moment, when that person serves you the coffee, really pay attention to it, respond to it, start with that, everything, everything falls into place. That is, that is when I say my life's serendipitous, that is the heartbeat to it. Mm, absolutely. So where can people go if they want to find you online or inquire about coaching? Come on down to Cornwall. I moved down to Cornwall. <laughs> I have no friends. I've been there for like over a year now. No one's coming. Um, I live in Cornwall by the sea, but um, I'm on Instagram. My name is Run with Finn, and and just check it out. Uh, there's there's like a few links in there, but mm-hmm. um, um, hopefully fun to be with. I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah, go to, go to Instagram. I think so. Well, thank you so much. I <clears throat> obviously invited you on this podcast because I wanted to talk about your running journey but I feel like we've spoken about so much more and I think you've you've got a really like unique mindset on a lot of things which people need to hear and especially to arrive at that place at a young age is quite rare I mean I know you're not much older than me but I I, I hope to be there as well absolutely. Oh, <laughs> you know we're, we're we're all just doing our best and mm. um and I think like I, I feel like I have a responsibility just to share my story, of course. So thank you so much for having me on. I, I absolutely loved it. And I'm so sorry for not talking about anything really to do with running. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> next time, next time. Absolutely fine. As always, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. I really hope you enjoyed this conversation with Finn. If you did, please don't forget to follow this podcast on Spotify and keep sharing it on social media so more people can find it. I'm really, really enjoying creating all these podcast episodes for you, but I'll always appreciate your feedback. So if you think there's something I could do better or anything you'd like to see moving forward, please just drop me a DM and I will get back to you. Anyway, I'll see you next week for another exciting episode. Bye for now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.